Breakdown, episode six. Um, my name is Mary Solis. I am one of your hosts, and I'm here with Josh and Brock. How are you guys doing today? Hello, Mary. I think the word peachy comes to mind. Peachy. Do, do people say peachy much anymore? Yeah. No. no. Okay. All right. No. So maybe I'm not feeling peachy. It's cloudy outside. But we're peachy on the inside. How about that? I love it. <laughs> um, but uh, if you're new to this podcast, this is your first time checking it out. Um, each week we get together and we take a bite-sized portion of the weekend teaching at Hope Fellowship and we break it down. We want to know kind of theolo- some theological truths that we can find in there, but hopefully you'll walk away and not only having learned something, but loving God's word more. I think the three of us, between the three of us, we really love um, just breaking these things down, these verses down and learning more about them. So we hope that you do as well. Josh, how was that the weekend? <laughs> I, I caught him when he wasn't looking. Hey, uh, Josh, yeah. how are hey you guys, doing? Hey guys, I just got here. You're doing good? Thanks for inviting me. How, tell us a little bit about this uh, weekend teaching. A yeah, we're bit. in week three of the You've Heard It Said series and Pastor John's message was called The Brocks Will Cry Out. And uh, it wasn't called that. No, I like just, that though. There was no B on it. Just it was the rocks. called The Rocks Will Cry Out. Uh, so if you didn't know this, last Sunday was Palm Sunday. And so Pastor John took us through the part of Luke's gospel where Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. He's on the back of the donkey, but the Pharisees are pretty angry because all the people are celebrating him as the king. If you're not familiar with that story, you should for sure read that in Luke. You should check out Uh, Pastor John's uh, message online. And uh, I'd say the big takeaway was that we worship Jesus with our whole life because he alone is worthy of our worship. However, we have a, uh, that was a verse, but Mary's gone rogue. Uh Yeah, I like to go rogue every once in a while. Keep people on their toes, you know, things like that. And in the message, he uh, showed this pie chart and kind of our lives broken up into pieces in this pie chart. And it said, worship equals life or lives, lives. And so worship is not just a piece of our life, but our whole life. And when I thought about that, I kept thinking about um, Jesus's conversations towards the end of his life because it is Holy Week um, and we're coming up to Easter and kind of reflecting on that. And one of the conversations that Jesus had was what kind of kept popping up in my head. And it was that he had offered the disciples this invitation um, not to give a piece of their lives, but their whole lives. And he, um, he says, losing your life, like I'm calling us to lose our life. So I won't get too far ahead or spoil anything, but that's where we're going today is we're going to be stepping into this conversation that Jesus is having with Peter. It's Mark chapter eight, verse 34 through 38. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about what happens right before, because this is at the end uh, or it's part of a bigger passage. Um, But if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Mark 8, 34. And if you're driving, don't, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> don't look it up, please. <laughs> I get Some people, you know, maybe they're studying their Bible right now and they're like, oh, I'm going to go on and yeah. listen to the breakdown and dig in. God bless you. But not if you're driving, like Brock said. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And that's Mark 8, 34 through 38. Yeah, that's awesome. So we like to talk a little bit about context before we jump in. We've spent some time in other gospel accounts, Matthew a couple of times now, John once. uh, And so a lot of uh, the context with Mark is similar. So I thought it'd be interesting to look at a couple of fun facts 
uh, about this particular book. So it's generally recognized that this uh, gospel account of Mark is one of the earliest. It, it's the earliest of the gospel accounts. Uh, and then it served as a model for Matthew and Luke as they were compiling their own accounts, which is really neat. Uh, it's described as a passion narrative because over half the book describes the final period of Jesus' ministry. And so his suffering, his death, his resurrection, and how that's this um, revelation of God in Christ being clearly seen. Uh, and then traditionally, it's thought to have been written by John Mark, so not the Apostle John, but John Mark, who is the same Mark that Paul and Barnabas, uh, they quarrel about in Acts. And so, uh, you know, uh, Paul was like, hey, Barney, this guy's going to grow up a little bit. And then Barnabas was like, you know, peace out. I'm out of here. And then Paul's like, fine, I'm going to go to Syria with Silas anyway. You know, that whole thing happened. But it's cool because Paul and uh, Mark reconcile later on. And then he helps with like a lot of the missions that's uh, happening in Asia and then ends up in Rome with Peter. And it's thought that together they uh, collaborate and write the gospel of Mark. And so when we get to this passage, it's a pretty significant passage because Jesus has just foretold of his crucifixion. And then the very next verse, Peter rebukes Jesus. Peter gets in trouble. He doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then very famously, Jesus rebukes Peter. That's the whole get behind me, Satan. And then we get to verse 34. Oh, and not to mention, Peter, or Jesus rebukes Peter, but first Peter rebukes Jesus. I'm like, Correct. hey, you don't you don't rebuke Jesus, right? That seems wrong. Peter, Peter was, he was a bold man. He was, <laughs> he was, he was a bold. bold. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Josh mentioned that Jesus talks about his death. He doesn't say how he's going to die. He just say he's going to be killed. Mm. And so then there's some foreshadowing that goes on in this passage. It's pretty interesting. And so let's just jump in if you guys are all yeah. right. Let's Go do it. Let's break 34. it down. And so one of the things that's interesting at the beginning of this, he says he called the crowds together. And I don't know if this is necessarily significant or not, but sometimes I think some of these higher calling things that Jesus had are just maybe for like the disciples or people that are called into full-time ministry, apostles, things mm -hmm. like that. But he calls the crowd together and says, this is for all my followers. So everybody listen yeah. to this. And then he goes on to say that they have to deny themselves and take up their cross. Mm -hmm. And so this Jesus is getting, so Mary chose a really light, fun, fluffy passage here. Yeah, I wanted to make everyone feel <laughs> just like so good. Yeah. And I think that's how they're going to feel after Peachy. This. Yeah, exactly. Peachy. <laughs> yeah. So you have to give up your own way, according to the scriptures in the NLT here, and take up your cross. And so you're ceasing to make yourself, Jesus is saying, the object of your life, your decisions, yes. your actions, and you're making the way of Jesus the, the more the focus and taking up your cross, denying yourself. And when Jesus says, take up your cross, again, he hasn't said he's going to die on a cross, he's going to be killed. So is this some foreshadowing here yeah. that, hey, like one of the things that's really cool about Jesus is he not only tells us how to live, but he then shows us. Yeah. And so like, I'm God. I'm here on this earth. I'm going to live this way. This is the way I'd like for my followers to act as well. And so he demonstrates this by giving up his own life and yeah. going to that cross. And well, so, and even the cross, like, and like you said, like he hadn't done that yet. And so I, I just like putting myself in there. I'm like, what they were just thinking of crosses, like how they've seen crosses mm -hmm. and, and not like a necklace, you know, that we wear now or, or on a t-shirt. Like this was literally a symbol of um, punishment and shame and mm -hmm. someone being guilty of something. And so I wonder just thinking about them being in that moment and Peter being there and all of them, like how they process that. But that's like such a heavy thing that he's saying, take up your cross. 
even though he hasn't even died yeah, on the cross here's yet. this brutal, humiliating yeah. way that people have died. Uh, this this focus shift. Yeah. Move from thinking about yourself to thinking about giving up your life for the sake of Jesus. So self to Jesus is now the new focus shift yeah. on this. Yeah. The fact that he says, if caught my attention, uh, because it's this call to follow him, but then almost, uh, and so if you are going to follow me, it's important that you understand this, that this isn't this uh, detached or isolated kind of observation of what you're seeing or what you're hearing it, but it is an involvement. It's a, it's not just seeing and hearing, it's a do what I do. So the it's if taking is, part in it. So the if is not saying, hey, here's, here's your choice. You can go half in, put a toe in. This is it. This is what it means to be a follower. You go all in. Yeah. 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 And that, so that's interesting too, when you're thinking about sharing uh, Christ with people is sometimes you hear, oh no, you don't have to change anything. Uh, to follow Jesus, or sometimes many people go, oh, no, you need to kind of like fix your life and come follow Jesus. When what Jesus is actually saying is, you know, come follow me, uh, and then it's a complete surrender. And so it is helpful to to understand kind of what's happening with this. I don't have to do anything to come to Jesus, but once I do, he's going to change everything. My affections, my love, it's all going to change, and it's going to have significant shape on the rest of my life. All right, so let's jump into verse 35. Uh, and so Jesus gives us this, uh, if we could go to a couple terms during this verse, he gives us a nice juxtaposition here. Isn't that fun to say? It say is. It with that is juxt- a really fun juxtaposition. word. Juxtaposition. Yeah, see, it's so much fun to say. Should we say it together? Yeah, go Mary. Juxtaposition. And then we were off a little bit. That was but bad. It's this idea that there are two things being seen or placed close to each other, but they're very contrasting. And so Jesus is saying, if you want to save your life, actually, by focusing on the physical and the temporary things of this world, you're actually going to lose your life. But if you want to find your life and you want to save your life, you focus on the spiritual and the eternal. And so deny Jesus, this is what you get. You focus on the physical and the temporal. Uh, if you want to save your life, you know, follow Jesus, this is what you get. You get the this idea of focusing on just Jesus and the eternal. And so one of the things that's really cool about often Jesus thinking is he doesn't always just focus on what is happening in this life. He's often thinking about this life, but also the life to come. So there's this eternal focus. So one of the terms that uh, Josh, one of Josh's favorite terms is eschatology. Mm. Yeah, he loves eschatology. Can you say that again? Eschatology. Mm -hmm. So it's the study (laughs) of the ultimate or the final things. And so focusing on the age to come, the the end, this age that's before us that we can't even see. And so following Jesus is not just focusing on the now. Actually, that leads to losing your life, but focusing on the now plus what this means for eternity. And so it's this idea that Jesus is setting up. You can focus on the temporary things, which is this life, or you can focus on the eternal things. Following me means focusing on the eternal things. Thoughts? Does that sound too crazy? Well, I can't help but when we were thinking about what Jesus is saying to this group of people and how today to say, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, doesn't it doesn't really cost us a whole lot. In our particular context, it doesn't. And yet, if we really started to think about what it means to fully surrender to him, to be totally open-handed with our time, our money, our future, our friends, uh, how how difficult that actually is to, to die to self and to follow him, to shift our focus from us and what we think is in our best interest and actually towards what does it mean to be in the center of his will for our life. So I grew up in a country church. And so the preacher would say sometimes, You've gone from preaching to meddling. You're meddling in my life now oh, by telling I was like, me all the meddling, things. Oh, meddling is that a place? Yeah, yeah. M- it's next M-E-D-D. to Odessa. Yeah, so yeah, meddling, meddling, meddling in my life. Getting into my, getting my <laughs> stuff here. 
So one of the things that is also that I, as I was studying one of the commentaries, that there was a, an ancient Christian slogan that was used a lot as people thought about this idea to get their focus back on the eternal, the focus on the Jesus things. They would say, for Christ and the gospel, that's the thing that really matters. Everything else falls in comparison, so fails good. in comparison. But for Christ and the gospel is the one thing that should be guiding our lives. So this scripture is pretty tough that you chose here, Mary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of it is that long game. Like so many things in our lives, we want like instant, automatic, let's see the return now. But so much about this Christian faith is that long game. It's the end. It's the finish line. It's not just right this second, right now. And I think that that's, even though here in this passage, it can almost feel like far from our reality. That is so true for us that that we need to focus on the long game, that investment. We're investing our time in in the in the, the finish line, not in right now and what we can get and what we can gain. And the world is so easy to focus on the now. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's that's not a good focus. Let's think on forever. Let's think on the eternal. And so mm-hmm. that means for Christ and the gospel, that's yeah. the one thing that matters. The things of this earth, the things that we pursue now aren't don't have as much value. And then he goes on to say in verse 36, but why would you try to gain the whole world and do these things on the now, but then forfeit your soul? Yeah. Is that is that really worth it? Um, but it seems like a bad trade. <laughs> like, here's my soul. I could forfeit it by focusing on some temporary things, or I could keep this soul, this idea of being with God forever by following him for and thinking that having this eternal perspective, this, again, the yeah. short-term versus the temporary um, thinking. It's very paradoxical that Jesus is saying, let go of this life in order to protect it, in order to, to keep it safe. This kind of, if you surrender this to me, then it's going to benefit you not only now, but yeah, forever to come. Yeah. The long game. It feels like that could be an Avengers movie or something like that. The that's long cool. game. Like that, the end game, but the yeah. long game. Yeah. But that, <laughs> the but Christian that, version of that. The Christian version of it. Yes. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> the knockoff yeah. version. Captain Disciple. Sounds like a documentary yes. on yeah. golf yeah. or something. Captain Disciple. Stone Man. Copyright Because build upon the rock. Of, I'm sorry. That was, that was not good. Featuring Salty like and Bible Man. Yeah. Oh, so that's going back right it there. Is, yeah. but, so verse 38. No, yes, Mary, that was a nice transition. Verse, let's, let's stick with verse 37 though, Mary, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, mind. sorry. Let's I, not skip. I love this line here because it's a rhetorical question. Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus asks. Is the things of this earth, is the temporary mm-hmm. things, nothing. And Jesus is saying, no, nothing's worth more than your soul. And so take up your cross, follow me, deny yourself, put me first for Christ and the gospel should be the thing that we focus on. And so it, it's not just a no, but I think Jesus is giving us a resounding no mm-hmm. here that following me denying yourself, taking him across. It might be temporary discomfort, but long-term, man, it is. Yeah. It's, and you're going to love the end of that movie, Avengers, The Long Game. <laughs> the Christian Avengers, The Long Game. So follow the ways of this world, lose your soul. Is that worth it? Jesus is asking us. And so, all right, Mary, now we can go to verse 38. Now 38. All right, do you, what do you want to say about verse 38, Mary? Because you were anxious to get there. <laughs> I just feel like it, this whole um, this whole passage too, it's building. So it's just kind of like building on this idea. So every sentence, every next thing is just a, a culminating happening of like, mm-hmm. boom, you know? So this last one, it's it's hitting on that, that the lat, like the return, like the end. And did we talk? Oh yeah, eschatology. Yeah, that, yeah. this is like continuing that. It's continuing that idea. So I think that it kind of just really rounds out the whole Yeah, and so Jesus, instruction. Get, this is one of those passages that hurts a little bit mm-hmm. or verses, verse 38. And I'm going to read it one more time. Is that okay? Yeah. Right. Yes. So if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, focusing on these days, the temporary, in these adulterous and sinful days, so these days aren't even good, 
The Son of Man will be ashamed of that person. Ugh, thanks, Mary, for picking this passage. When he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so, like, there's this idea of the, the last days, the judgment, that if you do these things, if you focus on the temporary versus the eternal, the last days of judgment, there's going to be some some retribution there. And that's that's tough. And it's also interesting, too, that Jesus sets him up. He calls himself the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be the judge. So basically, kind of in a veiled way, but if you were a Jewish person, you'd really see this Jesus saying, hey, I'm I'm the judger, I'm God. Yeah. And so that's like, that's Huge. powerful. You know? As I was studying through this, the idea was the listeners are currently waiting for the Son of Man to return, the Messiah. Yeah. yeah. And so they kind of have that perspective. And so J- Jesus saying, follow me now equals- Already, yeah. Following yeah. the one who's returning, the Son of Man, mm-hmm. creating that that uh, quality there. So, and he's also using some pretty significant words here, even today. So, like shame, you know this this idea of like a shame, uh, shame. And so, uh, he is kind of saying that your unwillingness to be mocked, your willing unwillingness to be scrutinized mm. by the world for the sake of following me. Um, it's interesting because like I so so that kind of shame that that would induce is actually going to end up in a different type of shame when the Son of Man comes yeah. and returns. He's gone from preaching to meddling. Meddling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. It's, yeah, they're preaching to meddling. <laughs> Mary looked at me like, what are you asking me? <laughs> All right, so normally at this point in time, we have the conundrum or the bitter old man segment, mm-hmm. but it's a little, it's a shift Have you ever today. looked up the meaning of your name? No. Okay, so the meaning of my name, Mary, actually is translated bitter. Wow. Huh. So I have a I have a bitter young so this, lady this, this is, this is issue. The, this is the Mary conundrum, yes. the bitter conundrum. <laughs> it it makes sense. My name is Mary, so it just it just goes. Yeah. Um but I feel like and I think it's important before we get into this conundrum to remember Peter in this story. Because I think the specific passage we're looking at is kind of his response to everybody. And I almost picture him like with his hand on his shoulder, like on Peter's shoulder, kind of like, hey, we were talking about how you rebuked me and I'm rebuking you. And actually I am going to give up my life and you got to give up your life too. And he's like looking at everybody else. But I think it's easy to forget like Peter's role in that because Peter, he wanted Jesus to be victor like a victor instead of a victim. And this is right after Jesus was like, I'm going to die. I am going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be, um, you know, people are going to push me away, say no to me. And Peter wanted that. And so often in our lives and in this world, we want victory. Like we, we want everything to go well. We want excess. We want that job that we were praying for or to feel good about things. So, so much is consumed with the right here and the right now. And we think if I'm faithful, then I will get what I want here and now. If I trust God, I, things will turn out how I hope that they would turn out. And it reminds me of the prosperity gospel. So this is something that is common actually in a lot of really great churches even, but they're, they're believing a lot of times and maybe not even realizing that they're teaching this. But prosperity gospel is that faith is directly correlated to success and financial immaterial gain. So basically I'm going to get more because I trust God. Mm-hmm. And that is, I don't see that at least in this passage. I don't see that. No, there's this idea. I think in yeah. scripture that God's going to take care of us, mm-hmm. that God's going to bless us. Yeah. But I don't think there's this idea that we use God as a genie to create the American dream in our own lives yeah. and have all the money we want, all the possessions we want. It feels like Jesus is saying, those things are traps. 
Yeah. Go after that, you can, but then you're forfeiting your soul. That's not a good And we think if we don't get it, we did something wrong. Right. Or if things don't go according to plan, which Peter thought, okay, here's my plan. Jesus is going to come. He's going to set things right. He's going to be like the top politically, like kind of turning everything around for them. That's what he thought. And that is not what Jesus' plan was, you know? So we have to give that up our own and on our own and say, hey, it's not always going to be what I think, but Jesus' plan is better. So if things aren't going wonderfully in my life, it doesn't necessarily mean I don't have faith. Honestly, faith is believing what you you can't see. So Eternal. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, if you see it, well, you're not really having to have faith that that's there. It's there, <laughs> you know? And you guys have both gone from preaching to, to meddling. meddling. <laughs> I got it that time. Yes, you did. You did. You got on. Yeah. This is such an important uh, issue because literally— it's, it seems very opposite to what Jesus is saying here. I mean, he, you read this and it doesn't even like ring of that type of promise. No. The, the, the faith equals prosperity or wealth or whatever. He's literally saying, if you follow me, it requires that you pick up your cross, that you deny yourself and that you follow me. And we know in retrospect where he's headed. He's headed to the cross. The cross. And he set that example for us and saying, follow me. This is what right. it means to be a follower of Jesus. And like you said at the beginning, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, this is what it looks like. So I know after hearing this, I've got a lot of examination to do. Yeah, I feel like we we all meet. So for those of you listening, we all meet the day before and talk about this. And like for the last 24 hours, this is all I've been thinking about. (laughs) And so I think it's such a good uh, question for us. And even just hitting on that verse 34 again, if anyone wants to follow me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Like, so, so not your way. And I think that if you were going to walk away from this podcast today, and as you go into Holy Week and Easter and Good Friday coming up um, to take inventory, maybe look around your life and kind of just, just examine it a bit and wonder, okay, how many, maybe asking yourself that question about how many things in your life revolve around you and what you want and what you think and your ideas and your opinion and your plan. And let that, let that just sink in a little bit and walk through this Holy Week the way the disciples kind of did, where it was like, oh, this is not what we thought. You know, this is not, this is not what I planned, but kind of fall into that Holy Week with us. And so you can join us for Good Friday. Um, That's this Friday and um, it's going to be streamed online, but it also is going to be in person. And then we've got Easter where we celebrate the resurrection, the fun, like, yes, here we go, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but we like to skip the Good Friday part. And this is really, um, I think, where we have to sit for a bit yeah, is that Good Friday, that, yeah. that difficult part, that part where it says, no, you got to give it up, actually. For Christ and the gospel. For Christ and the gospel. So good. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope that you can join us online or in person for Easter or Good Friday. But if not, we will see you next week for another episode of The Breakdown. Keep it peachy. Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.